Welcome, everybody. You are now with the Ramblings of Mad Men podcast. I'm Terrence Spain. I'm going to be one of your two hosts. We're going to be here to help share a little bit of information, talk about football, talk about the UFC, talk about a little bit of fantasy. And today is fucking Super Bowl Sunday. So we're here to break down a little bit of the game for you, let you know what we think is going to happen. Who's this sitting across the table from me? Well, that would be me, James Matthew Ruiz, formerly, or still of, the Cerebral Fit Podcast, but now I'm yes, branched not out. not formally, that shit's still <laughs> out there, people. It's still going on. Cerebral Fit Podcast. Yes. You need to be listening so to So you it. might be familiar with that, my voice and my ramblings of fitness, psychology, and anything else that comes to mind, and so here I am. And, you know, that's, yeah, there's pretty much, this podcast was born of that, kind of that three episode arc that we had, so, and then just some previous ideas that we've had in the past that, you know, we had them going, we thought about it, and then it just kind of, life happened. Yeah, it just kind of, it was born, yeah. and it was almost unavoidable. I'd say so. I mean, it was bound to happen at some point. That we yeah. Because we, we were going to do a video game podcast. Mm-hmm. Old school scoundrels, you know, and then... Which still may happen at some point. Yeah, could still happen. Definitely. And then at the time, I got into personal training even more, so I focused on that. And then, you know, you got your thing going, so... You know, that's what happens in life, but then... Oh, life always throws a new curveball at you. Mm-hmm. But amidst all that, we really got into fantasy this year. I would say that that was our probably, in my opinion... The best year of fantasy football that we've had in terms of just... I would definitely agree with that. Well, especially won. seeing as, you know, how it ended. Yes. I think it ended on a very good note, positive note. I might have been the champion. Was that is that correct? I forget. Yes, you were the oh, champion. Oh, I did win. Okay. All right. I yes. wasn't sure. I yes. He, he did win our, our, our fantasy football championship um, against me in the uh, finals. And how many years in a row have I been in the final game now? Is it three? It's yeah, two or three. It's two or three. It's it's been up there. So you know, I'm, I enjoy fantasy a little bit. I enjoy the stats. I enjoy the players. Yes. I enjoy making yeah. really good predictions that allow me <laughs> to perform well in championship <laughs> rounds again. Oh, now who did I play? That because I think somebody else on this podcast did fairly well. Who was that I played yeah, in me. the last? Oh, that was you. That okay. was me once again. So yeah, you got two people sitting here who. We're in the championship game of their league this year. Are always contenders. Are a little bit obsessed with facts and stats and numbers and information. Yeah, it got to that point this year more so for me personally, just with looking up the stats, looking at the trends. It's almost in a way um, kind of looking at the stock market in some regards. A little just, bit. You know, you're you're looking at the trends. You're looking at what's going on with the goofiest things, or I feel goofy like weather patterns. Mm-hmm. And that type of stuff because more random shit yeah. that a lot of people don't think you even should pay attention yeah. to, but it's huge. It is huge, and they're playing in a dome, they're playing outside, you know, who just. We both, you know, we both grew up, we did, I had, going back to Hobbs and Matt Scar past, we had math class together. We did. We were both pretty good at math once. You still are. You're still better at math than I am. Well, I, I love numbers, I hate <laughs> math. I guess I'm all right at it. Is that an oxymoron? It's a little weird, yeah. <laughs> so I blame that on one of our previous teachers, my hatred of math. I don't think I ever quite got beyond uh, being sabotaged in seventh grade. But 
So yeah, it was numbers make sense to me. They all have. There's patterns and probabilities, and it's enjoyable. It is very enjoyable, and that's one thing about fantasy that I do actually for number numbers wise, aside from getting actual paychecks and whatnot, that I enjoy about it because you get to look at the trends, you get to see what you know, what's good and what's bad, and and that's probability and whatnot. And you know, I wish I had this like liking of numbers back in grad school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it would have made a lot statistics a lot easier. Would have made a lot of school in general a lot easier. Yes, and so on this podcast, I mean. We're gonna be. Fo- we want to focus on fantasy football, but you have to talk about football as well. We want to talk about both sides of it. The yeah. fact that both sides play into it. It's not just the numbers and yes. matchups game. It's an NFL game. What are teams doing with coaches? What are teams mm-hmm. doing with players? Mm-hmm. With offensive lines? With defensive lines? Who's yes. going to be hard to play against next year? Who's going to be easy to play against next year? Yes. All these transactions taking place on the NFL level directly lead us to fantasy statistics mm-hmm. and information and facts and different things that we can base all of our predictions on, mm-hmm. which yeah. we tend to be pretty good at. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we kept a good, you know, our ears to the ground in which with all these comings and goings of different players, especially this year, you know, like I remember when Kareem Hunt, yeah. all that went down, you know, you, you're figuring out, okay, well, who who's the backup? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Where, you know. First is Spencer Ware. Spencer yeah. Ware gets a little hurt. Oh, yeah. is it Damian Williams now? Yeah. Which it was. and It was. <laughs> <laughs> Painfully, I say that as I picked him up and then he sat on my bench while he scored all those points in the championship game. So, yes. It was uh, pretty awesome for me. Yeah. As I sit here drinking a bottle of water, wishing it was wine. <laughs> Once again. But, you know, it, I really am excited about this because it is, I feel, the best time to, you know, do this podcast on Super Bowl Sunday. Can we even say Super Bowl Sunday? Isn't that a rule? We just said it. Okay, there you go. You know, it's the biggest game of the year, and it's, it's that's what I've grown to love about, you know, football, but especially not just football, but the offseason and just how it's a continuing process. You know, tomorrow will be, you know, the Monday morning quarterback thing. We're all going to, you know, be talking about why this team should have won, why this team lost, yada, yada, yada. And so that's where, as a fan of both professional football and fantasy, we're now, okay, we can really look at the strategic things. You mentioned a bit ago, who's leaving, who's coming. I mean, Tom Brady, for instance, says, has said that he's going to play till he's 45 and he's not he has very 100% intention of playing next season. Yeah, that could happen. There's a good chance that does happen. Yeah. Robert Kraft has already said he's down to extend his contract. So. Yeah. But at that same time, it's like I mean, they could go in over to Atlanta today and get the crap kicked out of them. They could and spoiler alert I kind of think that's a little bit of what's going to happen. We're going to talk about that in a little while. Yes. So on this episode, essentially, since it's the first ever episode of The Ramblings of Mad Men, what you're going to come to find out is that this first half of this episode is going to be pre-Super Bowl. So we're doing it right now. we got ESPN in the background playing. You know, they're doing all the pre-show stuff. They're making, they're, they're, they're sizing up the teams. They're going over the storylines and all that. And then you're gonna, the other half of the episode is gonna be post Super Bowl, our fresh reaction straight from it. 
So, you know, we want to be in the heat of the moment, you know, especially afterwards. You know, it's a Monday morning quarterback thing that I mentioned a bit ago, but we're going to beat, you know, we're going to hit, beat it to the punch. You know, we're going to do it right after the fact. Yes. So, you know, going back to the Cerebral Fit podcast where we made our predictions, I said Rams, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I was half right. You were. And you said... Rams Chiefs as there well. There you go. So, which I will say, I predicted at that time that the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I'm sticking with my pick. Yeah. I said the Chiefs because, well, we're this recording is taking place in Lubbock, Texas. I am a Texas Tech Red Raider alumni. So, thus, you know, Patrick Mahomes right now, who just as of last night won the NFL MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year award, yes, he did. youngest player ever to do that in the Super Bowl era. That's huge. That is. And, I mean, what, it, it, it's just, it's almost a shame that he's not playing in the Super Bowl this year because then if you, you know, let's play the hypothetical game. Let's say that Kansas City did beat New England. Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl, they win. And I thought about this earlier. If they went on to win the Super Bowl, Mahomes wins the MVP, the offensive player of the year, and the Super Bowl, could that be argued as the greatest season ever for a QB in terms of in just starting off a second-year QB, you know, considering his age. And, I mean, I'm trying to think of a QB who's had a similar one, you know, just those that many accolades, if, if that happened, you know. I think there'd be a good argument for it. Yeah. And, I mean, I still think, all things considered, if you take every every aspect into account, the season he just had is still up among yes. the very top that any quarterback he's yes. ever had. Yes. It's his first year starting. He played. He started, what, one game last year, I believe? Mm-hmm. The last game of the last season. Last game of the season. And he went from that to over 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up there among some of those Drew Brees seasons, yes. those Peyton Manning seasons. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, you hope as a fan, where else can this kid go? Mm-hmm. Oh, he can... He can still continue to go up, you know, and so it's who they're going to, you know, the blue, you know, in some regards, and yes, he did start last, he didn't, he played one game last season, started this season, but in a way, it still feels like it very much was kind of a rookie year. Oh, it's, I look at it that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he learned quite a bit last year, but mm-hmm. what he did this year, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of experience to put behind it, and he still just walked out there and did what he did. Showed people a brand new way to play the game. Mm-hmm. Very Steph Curry-like. Exactly. And just the ability to go out and make these plays happen that you shouldn't be making. Yes. That hasn't happened before. And so... And that people aren't defending because they don't expect it to even be a possibility. Yeah. They They're thinking, oh, I can kind of back up, back up, back off. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, you know, like going back to Dak Prescott. You know, when he had that, his first season in Dallas the next year wasn't so good. You know, that will be one of the storylines going into next season with him is will these defensive have that blueprint ready to stop him? Yes and no. Dude, I think it comes down to they're going to make adjustments next year. They're going to play Mahomes differently next year. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it harder on him. Yes. What we're going to have to see is if Mahomes can – Make adjustments to those adjustments. And yes. I believe the guy can. Me too. I think he will continue to find ways to outplay defenders. 
I think they're going to keep trying to catch up and keep pace. Mm-hmm. And he's going to stay a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shifting gears. Yes. We're going to go, we, we've touched upon football, the hypotheticals. Um, let's shift gears to the other aspect of this podcast, MMA. Yes. Now, like, we, as we stated on the, on the Ramblings of Matt, going back to the Serial Pit podcast, you are the connoisseur, MMA connoisseur. You have been a longtime fan of the sport, whereas me, I'm still a blossoming fan of the sport, showing it, you know, you know, last night I was watching those fights. That was fun. Yeah. I didn't get to watch all of them, but, you know, it's getting easier for me to know, notice the small nuances of what they're trying to do and all that. Exactly. What, did you, what, what do you think of, so far, you, uh, UFC's relationship with ESPN at the moment? How do you think it's gone? I'm really enjoying that. It's bringing it to a new level. For you, for MMA as a sport, they're gaining a little bit more kind of broad, just broad spread acceptance, basically. Mm-hmm. They're being accepted as a viable sport. They're incredible athletes. Yes. And ESPN's deal with them so far from what I've seen is really helping expand on that, kind of push it out towards a new group of people. Mm-hmm. And they're setting up their cards and the fights on the cards in a damn good way. They're providing very entertaining fights. And you got to see a few of them last night. I did. I did. Those were, you know, I made the comment last night about how hammer shots, yes. how the everyday person cannot take that amount of those hammer blows to the yeah. head. But here are these folks taking it like it's nothing. And you're just, that goes to show just the type of athlete that you have to be to be in the UFC at that level. Exactly. I mean, they just they make them look like oh this this is this is nothing. No, a hammer shot is a lot. That's painful. <laughs> yes, I mean, and so that's as a as a growing fan, I really just kind of stopped to analyze that and really appreciate that. And you know, going back to the ESPN UFC relationship, and you know, to piggyback off what you said, I really do think that this is going to be a good thing for them. I think that the more widespread exposure they'll have. Because in some weird way, it still very much is not, I mean, yeah, it's way more well-known than it was in the 90s, early 2000s, even a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's just with ESPN, it's going to be such more of a, an, a you know, you're going to see them. It's always been kind of a sport outside of sports. Exactly. It's looked at with a little bit of respect, but almost just i'm not too sure about this you're not too sure you know y'all are good athletes but you're just trying to kill each other yeah it's kind of like that hesitance that people have still with just it's it's i think john mccain places his human cockfight yeah and so there's still going to be those you know faint of heart they're like i can't watch this you know because whatever and then they'll associate with like boxing and which oh it's all rigged anyways or even professional wrestling it's like you know when you go that route that's those are the you know that's the type of audience I think ESPN's gonna actually win over yeah. eventually. You know when you can get some more legit good fights out there that really truly show the athletic competition aspect of the sport instead yes. of you know the Connors or just the more showmanship of of the sport. Which sadly I, I say sadly, let me rephrase this: that unfortunately I think it's uh, it's overshadowing the athletic competition of the sport. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and I hope people get exposed a little bit more to the fact that fighting is actually something that keeps people out of trouble. Yes. Helps people get out of bad mm-hmm. choices that they've made in life and mm-hmm. kind of heading down the wrong path. It'll bring them away from that. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's at times it's brutal and it's violent, mm-hmm. 
but it gives these people an outlet that need one, you know? Yes, very much so. And it's I mean, not just a, oh, two men trying to kill each other thing. It's two men fighting to survive outside of the cage. Yes, outside of the cage. It's their job, inside. and they're incredibly efficient at it. Yeah, I mean, that's where I find another interesting aspect of it is just getting to know the fighters themselves outside of it. I mean, you get to see where they come from. They're, it makes it easy for you to root for them. Yeah. And in some cases, root against them. Oh, yeah. That one fighter I do not like that's just essentially caught... I, Kobe Covington, or I don't know what his fucking name is. <laughs> that's it's, him. That's him. To me, he's just essentially lifting... Conor McGregor's gimmick of, well, I'm just going to be the showboat that, you know, all I show on social media is my showboat self, you know, fine. You're going to catch a lot of that, though. Yeah. And so it's becoming a more popular thing to do. Yeah. It's effective. It gets people to watch you, mm-hmm. makes you more money. And so. I can't, I can appreciate it to a degree, but I mean, I say that Muhammad Ali started this years ago. You got to sell your fight. You're, when it, you strip it all of everything, it's still entertainment. Yeah. You know, you got to sell the fight. And so, you know, you don't like Conor McGregor. I do not. This is this is fact, and we will. <laughs> You'll hear about that yes, occasionally. And you know, is a, is he a bit? Is he? I was gonna say a bit over the top. <laughs> <laughs> I think way over. Is the water top, a yes. little wet? Just a little. But see, like with me and Connor, like I want to know more because I can kind of see through that facade. It's like, okay, this is who you're, you're showing. This is your, your stage self. Show us more of who you are. I'm more curious, and this is going back to the fitness and psychological aspect. I want to see how you train. I want to see the mentality you go into through every fight, what you're thinking of. How do you study your fighters? Do you just go in without a game plan, no game plan? That's what I'm interested in because... Yeah. We've talked about this before, how I find work study almost like work ethic to be like a science. Mm-hmm. And you, you can, you know, each person means like a case study. So you figure out the common denominator of each person. And so Connor, and then, you know, the same, and we will talk like about Ronda Rousey, oh, Brock yes. Lesnar. Like I love reading about them. And I actually of, wanted to go back and occasionally kind of pick out some fighters and yes. watch series of their old fights and kind of break them down with y'all. And that's, and that's something I'm really excited to do is just a growing casual fan and even more so, you know, just to see, you know, like the Brock Lesnar fight that we saw on ESPN last night with uh, Alistair Overeem, you know, um, I didn't watch that fight until last night. It wasn't much of a fight, but no. you could see where, <laughs> you know, just those body shots and just the importance of just how his past injuries, because Dybeck, uh, I'm not even going to say that. That injury he had. Diverticulitis. Yes, I can't even say that right. But how that came into play with those body shots. Mm Because he took that, was it that left kick from him and then that other hit? And then he just, he kind of didn't, he grimaced afterwards. Yeah. took three seconds. You knew he felt it. He felt it. And that's what's um, interesting about the sport, especially with body shots I like. I'm getting more, you know... We all naturally, when we're in that situation, for those who have been in a fight, you know, the head shots, that's like, okay, we got to go for the head. Go for the head. What about the body? You know, and that's something that as, a, as you know, I've practiced martial arts here and off and on, but like body shots, they're overlooked. Body shots are incredibly powerful. Very powerful. And so, you know, I've, um, I could admit that ever since I've started the past few months that I've gotten a little more into outside, you know, like 
I look at a punching bag now and I'm like, you got one right over here. It's on the ground right now and I hate that it's on the ground because I want to need to find a spot and I want to hang it up. I want to put, because I want to get back into punching. I want to get back into kicking. I want to work on that. And that's what I, I, I really am looking forward to about this podcast. And I, I can see myself essentially as we dive more into MMA, rediscovering and kind of expanding upon my love of, of martial arts. You know, the philosophical aspect, the physical aspect. And, you know, the approach now that I have as a 30-something is very different from when I was in my 20s and my teens. Oh, yes. Very different. And so for me, it's more of a, and I talked about this in one of my blog post but how it's just it's a, it's a skill you know it's a, it's looking at it from a fan from the MMA perspective as a fan but I can apply what I'm learning about MMA into my own life exactly which is a beautiful beautiful thing in my opinion. yes it is so that's you know I'm really looking forward to that you know and the fantasy uh, aspect of MMA as well that's something I've never done yeah I haven't really either and we're gonna be kind of dipping our feet into that yes. That should be fun because yes. then the way that I saw that, you know, we got to look at takedowns more. We got to look at strikes. So ability to finish fights. Absolutely. How early they can finish. And so that's going to broaden my perspective on just how to watch these fights even more and just kind of like almost tune out the gaga that you hear on the commentary and just from other things and just watch all those small nuances that most of the general public and fan base tends to just kind of forget about. Yeah, they overlook it. They overlook it. Of course, a lot of the general fans are looking for a little bit more of the one man punching another man in the face type of thing. Yes. Instead of looking at the the actual technical aspects mm-hmm. of fighting. You know, the aspect. Which I understand that. Yeah. Like it. We all like to see a knockout, but oh, yes. I really enjoy a fight that looks like a chess match. Chess match and just getting them against the cage. You want to position them in the right spot and then just go for it. And watching them lead them there. Mm-hmm. watching all the work it takes mm-hmm. to not just win a fight, but to control a fight. Control a fight. And we saw that last night, too, when we saw some it was that one fight. I, I forgot the name of the fighters. But the guy, it was the boxing, his combination of boxing and jiu-jitsu, that was his background. Yeah. Clearly, as a striker, he was controlling the fight. He was oh, dazing yeah. that guy. Yeah. But then at the end of it, he's like, well, I'm going to go for that, that dive. And it's like, we were so frustrated with it yeah. because it's like, you have this fight won. I mean... Just finish him off. He was trying to prove he could win with a takedown. Yes. And every time he took him down, they got back up. Yep. And it just not working. And he'd daze him again, and then he'd forget to go for the finish. It was not working, and I mean, what can you... I'm assuming he's going to go back to the drawing board. He's going to keep working. Yeah, he's still going to be working on improving that aspect of his game. But striking ability, great, but... That was one of the cool things, though, frustrating as well. So oh, cool, yes. That I'm able to now see it in that regards of, okay, man, you know, you're a great striker. Stick with what you know, but, you know, if you really want to perfect it, I mean, I sparring, that's where you're going to do it at, too. And also in fights as well, but I would probably be more cognizant of not, you know, win the fight if you can. If you got him beat, yeah, you need to take out. your opportunities and... Put guys away. Yeah, that's that's your job in there. Because you don't want to lose to a slip up, you know that you had this fight won, and then suddenly he gets a good shot off you that you just that he and shouldn't have got. Off. As we go back, you'll see many of those yes. fights where guys had opportunities to get the win, to walk out of the octagon and yeah. be done with the fight, and they didn't take it, and they get caught. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And that's something going back to the, you know, the concept of this podcast for us to expand upon is that MMA is a year round sport. There is no off season, you know, and for the most part we will, you know, the podcast will be split into those two, you know, so that's, you know, there's always going to be something to talk about. Oh yes. You know, we got, I don't know how many more UFC fights we got like in the next few weeks. Like, oh, there's one know. every weekend oh, for yes. the next four weeks. Yes. And we will cover a lot of those fights in terms of predictions and, you know, the comings and goings, you know, John Jones, we've talked about him before and we will and You'll hear about him quite a bit on this. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, you know, I'll... Love his fighting style, I'm just not a fan of the person. He's gone through some shit lately. He's not not making it look as smooth as it should. Mm-hmm. And I believe in redemption. I believe in forgiveness. Yes. But at that same time, I also believe in accountability. Exactly. And so and we're lacking some of that. Yes. And so we'll be breaking that down, looking at his fights. He's got one coming up. Mm-hmm. He's on a damn good card coming up. Yes. UFC 235, Vegas. Should be an interesting card. Um, well, I mentioned Holly Holm yesterday. Her fight with Vlad is off. That ought to be interesting to see what she does with Amanda Nunez. You wait to see the Amanda Nunez announcement. That's yeah. what's coming. That's, That's what's why that fight was canceled. That was, yeah. Business structure. And Holly Holmes is going through some other stuff, too. She's getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that... Not, we're not married, so we don't know what it is to be, like, getting divorced. But I can imagine, based on people I know who got divorced... Um, not fucking easy. <laughs> it's expensive and psychologically, it's like, what happened? And I imagine in her case, maybe that's one of the reasons she did back out of the fight. She's got too much stuff going on, on her plate, financial wise. I mean, there's no telling. I mean, who knows? Maybe she was, maybe, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming she was probably the breadwinner of the family. I mean, after that Ronda more than fight, likely, yeah. she got paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably is still getting paid very well. Oh, yeah. She still is one of the faces of that division. And you are going to see her fight Nunez, and she'll get paid well for that, too. Yep. And that's probably, I mean, after the Cyborg fight, I don't think I really want to see a rematch between Nunez and Cyborg at this point. I'd rather see Nunez kind of just, you know, can she go more of that Ronda route in terms of being dead? How long can her dominance go? Yes. You know, and, I mean, it's, I'm curious to see what, Amanda Nunez does that Ronda Rousey couldn't do. And I'm a big Ronda fan. Oh, yes. Big Ronda fan. So, shifting gears back to, like, football. All right. We've already got our Rams, you know, the Rams, our Rams, like we're Rams fans. (laughs) I'm not. I'm a fucking Colts fan. Yes. And I'm a very... I have multiple teams. I'm that person. I've become that person. Um, I like to kind of credit fantasy football for that because now I got more interested in the players. And so my allegiance to, you know, you know, growing up for the most part, I was a Cowboys fan. I started off as a child hating them. And then just <laughs> figured I actually was a Cowboys fan. When I was <laughs> See, that's what's Due to my family. That was my family's fault. <laughs> I'm not taking any responsibility for it. I was six. Well, you know, like, it just... Growing up, I mean, I can't really say that I have multiple teams because just players interest me. John, I, I like John Elway, I like Terrell Davis, those Broncos teams. And then, you know, like seeing Steve Young play against the Cowboys, beat him in the 94 you know, NFC Championship, that was pretty cool to see because the Cowboys were so dominant. So you wanted to see, you know, the big bad, if you will, go down. And, of course, right now, 
in this year's matchup, the big bad for 17 years essentially is at it again. Yep. 17 years in professional football. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a run. Yeah, it is. It's uh, been infuriating and yeah. incredible. Yeah, a bit of everything. I mean, you you got especially as a Colts fan, I have been devastated at times by this 17-year reign of dominance. Dominance, terror. I mean, it's it's had it all. Mm-hmm. And so here you this is where I think I'm not totally convinced that, you know, 17 years ago, the Patriots beat the Rams to start arguably the greatest run in sports history, American sports. Yeah. Dare I say, worldwide sports. Going against the Rams, who are being painted essentially as the underdogs. We had both picked the Rams to win. Yes. Now, my score-wise... The Patriots have never played in a Super Bowl that wasn't close. And I don't think today is going to be any different. Oh, no, it's going to be a damn close game. It's going to be a close game. But are you telling me that you don't think that the Patriots are going to just do the Patriot thing? I think they'll do the Patriot thing and just... They win or lose, it's going to be about the seat of their... I mean, the edge of their seat. It's just that's going to be close. Um, The world's already accepted and the Patriots are going to go ahead and win this one, I think. The world's a confusing place. Especially when it comes to sports. Yes. Which we were talking about this the other day. The fact that it's already just a foregone conclusion. Oh, the Patriots, they're going to win another one. It's Brady's going to Brady and Belichick's going to Belichick. And we started talking about some of the Rams overlooked players. Mm -hmm. Some of the people... Then are just kind of being forgotten. They're just there. The Aqib Tlaib is sitting over there right now. Aqib Tlaib makes Marcus Peters a better cornerback. Mm-hmm. Peters is a great number two, a terrible number one, and Tlaib is a damn good number one. They've got a guy down there on the D-line, Aaron Donald. There you go. That you made a bold prediction about. I did make a bold I prediction. I said I thought he could – I thought he would be a game changer. And you thought what? I think he's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. I think he's going to make Tom Brady's life a living hell tonight. And we were just mentioning this before we started recording, the Madden simulation, which in this video game generation... Which happened after we had our discussion, I'm just saying. This is very true. Very true. Um, You know, the Madden simulation had him with, what, four sacks? Four sacks, a few hits, Mm -hmm. a few deflected passes, and the MVP. MVP. So, I mean, I'm not saying I'm good at, I'm good at predictions. Mm, okay, maybe. Judging from that little tone, you can tell. It's been a good year with me in predictions because I did predict at the beginning of the season, and I have the state of this on the record, and people who, friends of mine who have listened, I did predict the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship before we even knew the capabilities of what Patrick Mahomes could do. That's now. True. That, a lot of me, was just my belief in Patrick Mahomes. I've interacted with the dude. Nice guy, but what I've seen him do at Texas Tech. And, you know, that's just goes to show. And I'm not going to say that I'm a savant at, at sports predictions, but there's just those nuances I can notice about some players that 
is often overlooked and the same can be said about you. You just notice these small things, these small details in which you can make, makes you believe in this team or this individual player. Exactly. And so that's why, you know, on this podcast, you know, we focus on, on both the real life and then the fantasy aspect of it is because we notice those, the nuts and bolts of things. And Who's, they matter. Yeah, they do they matter. They come into play all the time. They do matter. And, you know, with Aaron McDonald, you know, I think he is going to be the, no, no, no. I don't think, I believe he will be the Super Bowl MVP. I got the Rams taking it tonight. I do too. I actually, I think it's going to be a Rams offensive player will be getting the MVP. Is kind of my guess. Which uh, offensive player will that be? Well, man, I, I wish I knew, I wish I could step into Belichick's mind. What I think they're going to do is they're going to have a lot of people on the line. They're going to try to stop Gurley and Anderson. And they're going to force Goff to throw. Mm-hmm. What I don't know, I think they're going to double team one and put Stephon Gilmore on another between Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. I don't know who's going to get the double team. I think the one that gets seen coverage is going to have a hell of a game, though. Yeah. Uh, even with Stephon Gilmore being a bad motherfucker, I feel like either Cooks or Woods is going to be able to take Gilmore and show him a few things. Now, the other guy getting doubled is going to have a little harder time, I believe. So it's hard to know which one. It could be Goff that gets the MVP. He may find ways to hit all these guys and Gerald Everett. I don't know. But I'm calling a Rams offensive player walking away with the MVP. In a close game, I almost hate to sound like just that guy that's saying the Patriots are done again. I know everybody is feeling like that's just repetitive bullshit on the part of everybody who likes to talk about football. But I feel like the Rams have more pieces and more ability to get this done today than the Patriots do. I concur. I concur. It's but to me the season has been more about just the Rams like overall cuz you you the way I look at it. And I've looked at this from a while in terms of sports like you just have those teams of destiny. You know, we've heard that term before, but you know, I feel this year that despite that late season with the Rams, the season where they did sort of not, they didn't fall apart. They just stumbled a bit. Mm-hmm. But they've certainly rebounded back. Now, we can bring up the New Orleans game, the NFC Championship, but let's, and we've talked about this, and we're going to say it right now. Yeah, was that a bad call? Sure it was, but what happened the rest of that game? Yep. You got to win the game. You, you got to win that game. Win over calls. You have to win over referees. You have to win over yes. situations. That's what football is. And they flat out didn't do that. They started off hot, fourteen and zero. The Twitter was going on fire. Here, the Saints fans getting ready for. I mean, that goes again, to show. It was a foregone conclusion. It the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. They've got it again. They're here. They're here. And then. And I remember going through Twitter, watching just kind of the reactions from both the sports media and the fan base. How, all right, we're going to see this. It's the Saints. It's the Saints. And then what happened? So They forgot to win. They forgot to win. Happened. Your fan base got a little overly too excited. You should be excited when that clock hits zero at the exactly. end. Exactly. Final. Don't get, you know. And get upset, yes. And maybe we'll get the ability to review judgment calls as a result of this. But you still have to win the game. You still have to win that game. After that call. And I'm pretty sure we've made some enemies of the New Orleans fan base, which, okay, sorry. (laughs) Well, the worst example ever for me to have to utter 
is look at what Tom Brady did in overtime and look at what Drew, Drew Brees did in overtime. Yeah. Tom Brady walked down against the Chiefs. Dissected them. Sorry, son of a bitch. <laughs> won the game. Yeah. The Saints got the ball, walked down, tripped up, gave the ball over, and lost the game. Beyond calls, beyond everything, you've got this opportunity. You have to take it. Mm-hmm. Got to take it and then just go from there, and they didn't do that. So here we are. Yes. All right, final score. <sighs> Rams 35, Patriots 31. I'm going to go hmm. – I think it's going to be a little bit closer, but a little, um, I got to go 24-21 Rams. 24-21 comes down to that fourth quarter. So you're taking the under on the predictions? Yes. I think it's, it won't be as high scoring as it could be. 24-21 Rams. Mm-hmm. I think they'll avenge what happened 17 years ago. And I think that would be pretty fitting. Yeah. Avenge what they did and then. If we're wrong, then we're wrong, and then, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I think there's a really good probability of it, like we talked about. I, there's just, there's a lot of pieces that are going to be out there for the Rams today that if they perform well, and yeah. Todd Gurley is one I'm watching very closely today. Mm-hmm. It's already been declared that he's going to be in a 50-50 split with C.J. Anderson. We're going to have a lot to talk about with him moving into fantasy in the offseason. Yes. But I just feel like the Rams, they've got what it takes this year. It, they're being counted out to an extent. The line's only two and a half points, so Vegas thinks it's going to be pretty close. But I think people are just assuming we're about to see the Patriots do Patriot things again. And I just I don't feel like if you look at all the different factors, I don't see that happening. The Rams have a lot of important pieces that are – they're going to make big plays, and Aaron Donald is definitely one of them. Yes. He's – he got paid, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he's now on the biggest stage of them all. Yes. And I He's got a chance to show that that's worth it, and he's one of those guys that wants to do that. He wants to do that, and as I mentioned, I believe on the Cerebral Fit podcast and in just in passing conversations, you know – the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees's, the Philip Rivers, the Roethlisberger's, and I'll even throw in Aaron Rodgers in this conversation. But the new breed of quarterback, the new generation—they're here. They're at the door. They're at the door. They've opened oh, yes. the door, and I think we're about to. I mean, this is it, in my opinion. I think this will be the last Super Bowl that Tom Brady plays in. That's a very bold prediction, right that there. Is, I like it. I think that. It will be the last Super Bowl that they play in. I think, well, I already said it, 24-21. I feel they're going to lose. I don't think Tom Brady will play in five years. I think he'll get. I think we got two more years of this because you can sit there and believe that you're going to play, but I'm still not convinced that the, the relationship between him and the Patriots and Belichick and all that is necessarily... It's not as golden as it's it It's not be. as golden, so... There is actually finally some dysfunction creeping into that organization. Yes. You can't go 17 years. I mean, you're just without, you know, visceral relationships happening, problems. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what he said. We just, we got our first half done. Yep. 
We'll definitely be getting back with y'all right after the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Let you know that our predictions came true. Oh, I'm sorry, if they did. If they did. (laughs) But I think we got, you know, this this could be a fun one. Yeah, I believe it will be. So, this is our first half of this episode. So, any last words before the first half ends here? Watch Robert Woods, and we'll see y'all in a little while. All right. Adios. One. Super Bowl just ended, Super Bowl 53. Tom Brady, six Super Bowls. Bill Belichick, six Super Bowls. I'm sitting here tapping the table. Y'all, I'm not happy right now. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's not happy. He's not happy. Um, I'm not either, quite frankly. It's, as, as we're watching, as we're recording this in the background, um, you can't hear it. But, you know, we got the Patriots. They're focusing around Tom Brady as is, as if he just won his first Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, or as if he just won his sixth Super Bowl. Yeah. Which, I mean, we, we owe up. We owe it to that, you know. Oh, I called that wrong. Like yeah, a I call that one wrong, too. And see, I'm not going to, you know, we don't hedge our bets, unlike Jim Rome. <laughs> CBS earlier was like just I can't pick against the Patriots but I ride with the Rams it's yeah somewhat decent Jim Rome impression but I mean it's a better Jim Rome than Jim Rome yeah <laughs> I mean you gotta you know that's the thing about sports in general I mean you just in football you know what Jim Matt said it earlier this is, you know, the game that no one saw. Just like the ep- episode says, expect the unexpected. This wasn't expected. I did not no. expect this at all. Um, this was a shocker. Yeah. Of course, one of the most shocking things is that an entire set of imposters showed up in place of the Rams. <laughs> they got scooby dude. I mean, what do you... I... They showed no heart. They yeah. showed no, no willingness to deviate from the exact game plan that they had. Yeah. They just rolled over. When the Patriots stopped what they wanted to do, they stopped trying to do anything else. Yeah. I mean, it truly did look like, you know, yeah, towards the beginning of that game when they got that pick, you know, momentum certainly started to go in their way, at least it seemed. And then, yeah, and their defense showed up. Yes. I'm not going to say Aaron Donald didn't show up to leave. Marcus Peters made some good plays tonight. Yeah. The defense, they were oh, in yeah. the Super Bowl. The offense, or you? I'm not sure what they were doing. But they gave him no shot, no chance. No, not at all. I, you didn't see that sense of urgency from any of the players, I felt. You know, Jared Goff looked a little shell shocked, to be quite honest. With just well, that Todd look. Gurley did too. The few you times know. he was out there, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley, which Goff looked lost, Gurley you know, was lost. Uh, I guess to you know draw from Eminem here, but will the real L.A. Rams please show up or whatever that? I mean, yeah, I mean stand up, yeah. I mean show up, stand, stand up, stand up. You know. I, no, no, no one did nothing. No one stood up. No one, you know. I mean, it just showed up. I mean, you get in there and you. I, I just I'm a little flabbergasted if you can't. I mean, this is not 
McVay is not the genius he's been made out to be so far. No! And know. I'm not saying I don't believe in him. I'm not saying, oh, the Rams are a worthless team. That That is not what I believe whatsoever. But McVay, so far, has not been able to get over in these big, big-time moments. He hasn't been able to do it yet. And he's got a long way to go. Yes. He got shell-shocked yeah. tonight. He completely... Just lost the ability to even yeah. look at a situation and call a game plan and even gave him a chance to win. You know, you it was kind of that you know the way the pacing of this game. It reminded me just of a good fight where you know you got two you got heavyweight fight. You got you got it's slugfest. You're kind of stopping each other maybe, but it's it's kind of a stalemate. You don't know. Okay, you know nothing is working. So you know the. The aspect of is that, I mean, you got to adjust. You got to change your game up, and you know, well, based off the you know the final outcome of the game, it looks like New England did make the right enough enough adjustments to really enough to eke out a win. Eke out a win once again. I say eke out. Yeah, let's you know eke out. I think it's safe to say that even though it was 13, what, 3? 13-3. 13-3. Somewhat-ish, well, it's certainly their biggest winning margin, I believe. Yeah. So, 10 points margin. But I almost feel like the game wasn't as close as it really felt like. Like, you know, the first end of the first half, you're thinking, okay, this still could be a game. They could wake up, whatever, and then we got ourselves an air raid. But that didn't happen. No, it sure did And New England just... Seemingly just made more adjustments and about to call them same Which moves. they didn't look great tonight. Oh, I'm not going to sit here no. and say that Tom Brady showed up and yeah, they did won the game. The defenses showed up like you yeah. alluded to earlier. They showed up. They did their jobs for the most part, but it was just both offenses that just were sputtering out with it. Well, okay, when I say that, the the Rams offense they just couldn't. Yeah, the Rams, you know, they just pathetic. Yeah, and then. The Patriots, not so pathetic. I mean, Edelman had himself a hell of a game. Yeah. You know, those catches. I mean, yeah, they didn't score any touch. I mean, he didn't score a touchdown. He start, I mean, he might st- – you know, at the time of this recording, we're still watching the Super Bowl here. I mean, MVP-wise right now, I mean, I think Edelman should get That's it. That's where I would lean with it. Yeah. I don't see who else you could really give it to. Yeah. And, I mean, not exactly – well – not a fan of his per se. Just you know, I'm not you know the whole him getting juke popped at the beginning was it last year this summer. Yeah, you know, yeah, he that. It's not necessarily to me, and, and you know, not one to roll with that, especially in professional sports. So, I mean, uh, definitely one of the I I feel it's a very frustrating. It felt like a very frustrating kind of dude, kind of a letdown. Yeah, it was a letdown. I mean, exactly. I didn't get the game out of it. I wanted no. Yeah. But even without that, what I saw wasn't yeah. terribly entertaining. No. From a football perspective, unless and you're just one hardcore defensive person that just love to dissect that, which I'm, you know, more power to you if you like that. But I mean, just, just I, I'm trying to. I was thinking earlier. Before we, we recorded this one, you know, when was the last Super Bowl came in mind that just wasn't, that was a bit of a letdown? That just, just sputtered and just didn't really show the best. I mean, 
what came to mind was uh, Baltimore Seattle and Denver. Seattle and Denver, yeah, because that just was an ultimate destruction yeah, that of a was... team. I mean, Seattle was kind of one of my teams, so yeah, it's you know, it was kind of fun to enjoy. But what was it the best game ever? No, it was, no, it wasn't it was fun to a, watch. It was an ass kicking of epic proportions. Yeah, I am a huge Peyton Manning fan, so I mean, that just was. But in terms of you know, I think back to that uh, Giants Ravens Super Bowl all those years ago. Yeah. I remember. I think you know it just wasn't. Like, eh, you didn't get what you want. And, you know, I mean, I, this season, I mean, you just, eh, yeah, let down. This just wasn't the way you wanted it. Yeah. It was kind of after after such an offensive season. Yes. Points being scored in record numbers, records yes. being broken all over the damn place. And then we get this, you know, kind of just this, it's not that I'm against a good defensive game. I just don't even feel like this was a good defensive yeah, game. Yeah, I just I don't either. I just feel like the defense has stepped up and the offenses didn't really try to do much to get around didn't do it. Much and I mean, we referred to it a few times as kind of like watching both teams ram their head against a brick wall. Yeah. And just see who could go longer doing go longer. the same exact thing. You try to figure, you know, in, in your mind, when, you know, as a fan, you're watching this, you're kind of thinking, well, what should they do next? And you kind of play it out in your mind. Everything that I was playing in my mind did not happen. No. At all. And, I mean, I just, uh, I'm just, yeah, disappointed. My tone is just, I'm just disappointed. You saw them the Rams weren't ready. They definitely not. Definitely not. Um. The amount of time that they had, the yeah. expectations on them. Yeah, they weren't ready. And they didn't live up to expectations whatsoever. They, he's got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. He's got to figure something else out. Figure something else, especially at the it running back position. It cannot be all Todd Gurley Mm-mm. because we're not even sure Todd Gurley can play right now. There's no telling with that, dude. I mean, he's just – you saw, you know, those, those camera shots. You wind up 10 for 35 at the, after all of it. I know he was right around that area. Something, yeah. 10 out of 35. And he didn't look good. No, not at all. He didn't even look average going 10 for 35. It, he's not looking okay right now. Well, it goes back to one of those things where, once again, it's like, are they, how hurt are they, are they, you know, how hard are they? I mean, is it they, we heard knee, okay? But there really wasn't anything super detailed in that. Even when he came back. A lot of things have I mean, been... Kind of downplayed. Not a whole lot of information has been given. Yeah, I. I mean, obviously there is something a bit more there. Oh yes. That either is way more mentioned. We've talked about. You know, and perhaps you know, and who knows? I mean, especially in this you know day and age of the league, where who knows? Maybe something will come out in a few weeks, and he was just bothered by that. I, I mean, I guess as a fan, you would like to know. Okay, what's up? Don't be so clandestine. As a fan, I'd like to know. As a fantasy player, yes. I'd really like to yeah, know. Yeah, I can attest. Well, no, no, I didn't have Gurley. I get him a gold gourd. I get him a gourd. I mean, you just... From a fantasy perspective now, it's like, okay, well, we've, we've been talking about this for some time, but Todd Gurley, do you draft him in your top ten next year? 
I, I'm going to say no. I think the general consensus is still going to be yes, you have to. Yeah. And I think I'll... He would probably be ranked in my top ten, but yeah. I can't tell you I will draft him in my top ten. No, nah, if I'm first pick or second, third, I'll take a Saquon, Barkley, Elliott. Yep. Um, I mean, you just you got a lot more I'll, options. I would take Melvin Gordon over Gurley right now. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, and he's another guy right now that you know his injuries have obviously just I mean, well, he cost me the championship essentially. Yeah. You know, and you just hope and he's going to have injury troubles. He's going to have injury like. troubles. I, I don't think that's that's just going to be. But what else can you call this for Todd Gurley than Todd Gurley troubles? I don't know. I don't know what what will come of this in terms of just his relationship with the Rams. What's going through his head? And I don't think he's not going anywhere. No. But it goes to it's just one of those question marks with just the mental aspect of it. Are you even here? That's what I'm, you know, really he, worried about. You know, can he want to be the type that uh, demand a trade? You know, or whatever. You know. Well, and dude, if he's just somehow lost confidence in himself, because looking at him tonight, they showed close-ups of him. Man, you could look at his eyes, yeah. and he wasn't in it. Not in it, and definitely just he looked just broken down, broken down, and. Broken. It. I mean, you can't. There wasn't any fire there. No. There wasn't any intensity. It wasn't. He never got hyped up. He always just kind of looked scared. See, as a grown up, you know, yeah, I dabbled in sports and whatnot, but see, you know, I'm still what I would consider a very competitive person. Yes. And in being in situations where you're, there are some high stakes, even when. I've shown fight. Even if I'm pretty down, I've shown fight. I and I didn't see that whatsoever no. from any of the Rams. No, the entire I, I team. Just, it was there was just you're, you're you're playing potentially your you know for a lot of those players on their first and maybe only Super Bowl championship and and that's the thing they're set up for a short term window. Yeah, winning man. Yeah, they, they. Some can make the argument now that they should have won last year or should have gone last year, but I mean, I and I just kind of thought about this, but I mean, I'm pretty certain right now, of course, with the con- controversy with the Saints and that Rams game, that a lot of those you know people who were critical of that call, you know, just that call only, what they're saying, you know that well. They didn't deserve to go so good. They, they they lost. I mean, I bet a lot of those uh, Saints fans were probably rooting for the Patriots. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just... And I can say, as a football fan, I wish the, the Saints had gone. Yeah. Yeah, that would have... Just for the chance to have seen a better game. <sighs> yeah. Because I think right there, I, I don't... I mean, we could play the hypothetical game at this point and say, well, what if the Saints went... You know, who knows what kind of game, game that could have turned into. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want it. And it's all just hypothetical. So yeah. We'll never know. We'll people never know. talk about it, and people break it down. Oh, it would have sure. this and I'm that. I'm sure the Madden simulations will cover that. You know, oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's play this, let's play this. What could have been? And Yep. I mean, we said it in the first half of this podcast episode. It's just 
you know, yeah, that's one bad call, but where were you the rest of the game? You know, you were up 14 nothing at the half, and then you just, well, no. You got to do more than that. And, you know, going back to the this game that we just saw, there just wasn't, you know, we used that puncher's chance, you know, getting mm-hmm. that fighting analogy a lot. And you only have a puncher's chance when you're actually throwing I mean, punches. I mean, from a defensive perspective, it was just a bunch of, you know, imagine both sides throwing punches at each other, and it's just a brawl. It's just a flat out, I'm not stopping this person, but they ain't stopping me either, you know. Classic slugfest, but offensively, uh, no. No punches in the mouth. I mean, even with that one solo touchdown, that really, what, I mean, I guess it was a punch, but uh, neither one of them showed up like they should have. Yeah, at all. And right now, they're presenting the MVP trophy. Guess we'll be doing this live. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we will announce it. We will announce it on this. Well, there's Vince Wilfork. And then they'll hear about it tomorrow. Well, he went to Houston. Plus, is telling of his career. He's retired. Yeah, he's retired. It's so wonderful to sit here as a Colts fan watching all these Patriots. Touch the Lombardi Trophy. Get another Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, but going, you know, looking at the overall scheme of things in terms of predictions, I don't recall seeing a 13-3 score. No. I think we all, as, you know, whatever, if you're a journalist or a podcaster, you know, such as ourselves, we were, everyone was double-digit game, you know, Less than, oh, know, everybody thought there would be some offense yeah, played. Yeah, off getting into the 20s and 30s and that, but no. I mean, we just, I don't think anyone really just saw this coming. No, it, it was, was like really ground and pound, despite the fact that early on, for the first three quarters, nobody was able to do much in the run game, but it was just running into a wall over and over. The occasional passing play, Brady had his little interception. Yeah. But overall, it just, nobody ever really tried to adjust and start taking advantage of anything. They just, it's almost as if they didn't know what to do. They're really drawing this one out, aren't they? Of course they are. Right now they've had, uh, for those on the, for the listeners, uh, we're watching, they're presenting the trophy to the Patriots, and they're having Emmett Smith and Wolfork and now Joe Namath kind of walking them, but, you know, it's, 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 I'm kind of about to let this just get to the fucking point. <laughs> just say who's the champion, and then maybe announce your retirement in a surprise. Oh, I'm actually retiring. Yeah, he's not going to be retiring, yeah. but... Uh, we've never seen a dynasty like this, and we'll never see another one. And see, yeah, that's that's something that that's a lot of fun to say. Yeah, because it's 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 the truth. It's it's really now. There's no, you know, the, I'm sure I'm certain the Dallas Cowboys fans and certain a lot of the Steelers fan base as well feel that hey, we're the we were the original, you know, OG dynasties, if you will. But 
I mean, it's um, evident right now, but, you know, you win six championships like this in 17 years of run, you're never ever going to see that run again. And when Tom Brady does retire, the league is going to be a very different league. And it's kind of like when Peyton retired too, it felt a little different. Like, you know. Yeah, losing Brady and Belichick both is going to be. Yeah. That's going to be. I'm not going to say it's going to break my heart. It's going to be different. But it's going to alter things. It's going to very much alter things. And I mean, you can't. We've, you know, you could always bring in the detractors, the contrarians, whatever. You you can bring in the the cheating scandals and this, this, and that. But that's honestly become a part of such of their their mythos, you know, that they embodied. You know, towards the beginning, you know, if you remember correctly, seventeen years ago, this was when they won. This was after nine eleven. Yeah. So the country was, hey, there's a team called the Patriots that are playing. Tom Brady was the unknown rookie, babyface. I mean. They win the Super Bowl in the fashion that they did at a field goal. I mean, I just remember that being such a that was that was I mean that was the start of it. America liked them. I would say from that second and third championship, they were you know kind of that was probably the peak of their likability, maybe in my opinion. And then after that, you know, when you especially when they went that nearly undefeated season they had. I mean, and it's it's a normal response. For yeah. You look at them, you look at Alabama. Yeah. When oh, people Warriors. win a lot. Yeah, the Warriors. Warriors. People win a lot. Tired. A lot of fans. You know, the Warriors have a certain amount of fans. Every other team in the league gets tired of just seeing the Warriors win. Same with the Patriots, same with Alabama. Yeah. But you can't, hell, you can't take anything away from them anymore. No, I don't think you can. I think essentially, I mean, the Super Bowl against Atlanta, to me, solidified Brady as the, as the greatest of all time. Um, right now, everything past that, if you ask me, is just more an indication of just him, but also this team. You know, you just you have to put them, the greatest sports franchise, probably, I say, in sports across the board. You have to. I mean, yeah, I don't know who you, I mean, I guess the Yankees would be. The, the Yankees, and then, but see, and of course, someone, what you know, the, the Celtics have done feels very different. Feels different. Different and harder because, you know, when the Celtics were winning all those championships years ago in those two periods of time, you know, especially, in, not saying that it wasn't competitive in that time, but it was just a different era. It was easy for them to win. Whereas, you know, in the 80s, of course, that was difficult against the Lakers and then uh, there was, uh, was it the Trailblazers and I think the Rockets too but it, you know in football though it's football that's not I mean that's a way more physically demanding sport demanding sport than basketball but for 17 and there's so many more pieces there's so many to keep more up pieces. with on a football team you know some could say you've got hey, 22 starters yeah You've got the head coach. You've got all the positional coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. You got a lot of pieces that have to come together, yeah, and to do it for this amount of time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's it very much is unbelievable. And and I heard the other day, right now Tom Brady is the twenty seventh highest paid quarterback in the league. Twenty seven. I will give him. 
I, you know he doesn't need money. He's fine. Giselle's fine. They've got money. Yeah, uh, those endorsements. But he is yeah. willing to give up, take less at quarterback to make sure that there's money elsewhere to go around the rest of their team. I'll, I'll give him that. You got to give him a lot of respect. I have to give him a lot of hate right there with it, but. Yep, he's the MVP. There's that Julian Edelman MVP. Right. 12 targets, 10 receptions. 140 some yards. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. Super Bowl MVP. That's the kind of Super Bowl we had. Yeah. So, fantasy-wise, I mean, I think, you know, playing the early Monday morning quarterback role here, when it comes to the stock, like we okay, there's just it showed Gronk right there. Do you? Th- I mean, let's let me backtrack a bit. Do you think Gronk retires? I think there's a good chance of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might. He's just not Man, a bad way. Physically, to he has. He's gone through a lot. He's he's gone through a lot. He's paid his toll. He's got his ring. Um, you know, uh, he does. Got think he's gonna make a, some interesting business choices. In terms of what he does next, I mean Hollywood, WWE. Uh, I know a bit I, of both. He, I know he does have a fitness business he's trying to grow. I actually have two of his um, shakers, ice shakers. They're not bad. So he's him and his brother. So there, there is life after football for. Rock oh yeah, he'll continue doing interesting things. Yeah. And nothing else. You know, what I mentioned a bit ago, just the fantasy aspect. You know, we we mentioned Todd Gurley, which probably won't be picked as high. Like he was this year. I think that's going to be a little contrarian. I think a lot of people are still going to rank him. Do you him. think he'll go top five? I think in most people's rankings he will. I do not think he'll be in my top five. Yeah. Personal top five? No. Personal top I ten? I think he'll still be in my top ten. I think he'll still make mm. it. Because I happen to believe he's injured right now. I think he's more injured yes. than they let on. That's a lot of injections and, and just... And I'm hoping with the offseason, he's going to get everything kind of worked back out. Yeah. Man, he was incredible this year up until that time. He got hurt, and it was just yeah. never the same. Never the he same. He was incredible until that time. It, it's, that's the thing about injuries and just that aspect of how they really do affect the psyche. I mean, like... The I, psyche and the body. Yeah, the body. Like, there's... Personally, when I feel like I'm beat up or something it really does affect my mood i'm like i don't feel right and well, you, you got to take that to the nfl level. yeah you've got you a bunch of people that? at the top wow. of their game i mean and you're off you're, you're it's really hard i to wouldn't overcome. be shocked i wouldn't be shocked if he had some pretty close surgery after this as a means to just hey hey maybe you know there was this it was it was you know i was injured pretty badly and i didn't say it Oh, I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. Yeah. Um, At that point, it would be interesting to learn what the injury was. Yeah. What he's been playing through. Uh, What kind of recovery time he's going to be looking at. That's one thing I'll be looking into. Because I I wouldn't be shocked at all for that to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't either. That's where... Something is very wrong there. Yeah. And you hope that, you know, it's not like another... More Josh Josh Gordon situation where it's just more mental aspect and that those type of demons, but I mean it's yeah I don't want to speculate on that quite yeah. yet. I'm thinking it's it's more of a sports psychology thing in which you know you just you just couldn't get back into it. 
you felt physically and mentally broken. And everyone handles that differently, especially in athletes. Yeah. You know, some, I mean, you hope that's not what he's dealing with. Yeah, you hope it isn't. And that's where the you know, time will tell with that one, with him. And, oh, we'll know fairly quickly. You know, did, did Jared Goff learn from this? Yes, he did. But now we're going to see how much, I mean. Him and McVay learn quite a bit. Yeah. Honestly, they're going to have to grow a little bit of heart as yeah. much as anything else. I mean, they came off as an extremely intelligent team with their approach, especially with McVay in his interviews. He really is. Yeah, a, and I respect him a lot as yeah. an intellectual and the, team, game-planning team. They're, uh, but they got out-thought. Yeah. They got out-thought. Pretty severely tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out-coached. I mean, out-prepared. Very much. But it was against Bill Belichick, so it was yes, certainly it was. a shellacking in the aspect of, hey, you know, I'm, you're 33, I'm 65. But once again, it goes to show that you still got a lot to learn. Yeah. You know. And, and they'll I, still be built to compete next year. They'll get Cooper Cup back. Yeah. That'll definitely happen. I think he is he's an incredibly huge factor. Yes. In just how effective that offense is. Yeah. No Cooper Cup tonight, obviously because we'll was get injured. into some more of the numbers on that mm-hmm. later on in this offseason. But yeah. Cooper Cup changed that offense. Yes, he did. I had him on one of my draft teams, and he, when he got injured, that was a big hit for me. That yeah. was a big hit for you know. He won me some of the games. Oh, yeah. He was – he takes them up another level. Very much so. They're able to achieve a lot of things with him that are not possible without him. Yeah. So I mean, if Gurley can get healthy, if yeah. Cup gets back and he's still at the same level that he needs to be at, yeah. The team becomes real interesting again, but there's still there's a little bit of uncertainty. There very much is. I'm, you know, you look at someone like Jared Goff, who seemingly does have the look and he does have the playing ability to do some great things in the NFL. But yeah. you know, I won't say that he's going to have to start believing in him. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is a step back for him, just more of just a sudden stop and like, hey, you're going to hang on for a bit figure some shit out, and then we're going to see what else we can do. I mean, you know, last year they were – them and the Eagles were looking good. They nearly went – they finally went this year. I mean, it looks like the Rams, considering their current personnel changes, and maybe, just maybe, if Gurley can get back to being that early, you know, season beast that he was, I'm pretty certain the Rams will be around next year, you know. They will be. Waiting but, in the wings, but – they showed tonight that they don't have a whole lot of trust in Jared Goff and yeah. his ability to lead that team if it comes down to being squarely yeah. on his shoulders. That's scary. That is scary if you're a Rams fan. Because they refused to deviate yeah. tonight from their game plan, which did well, not involve him throwing very much. Yeah. Look who won the NFL MVP. Look how often the, in situations that we've, we've seen. We saw a lot of Patrick Mahomes games this year. Yes. He was very passionate. There wasn't, I mean, all those games, you saw that fire in him. You saw this guy is here to play professional football. He is here to win. Yeah. You know, and that same that same type of leadership, that same type, I mean, that, that, that passion, I did not see in Jared Goff. Oh, no. So, you know. He was another one that just pretty much looked stunned. Yes, stunned and could not shake it off. 
you know, he just got in over his head, and there you go, the quicksand analogy. And well, here we are. I mean, I don't fantasy wise for the Rams. I mean, I'm thinking maybe. I, I mean, I had Robert Woods this year. Do I get him back next year? Probably. I wouldn't be against it. Uh, he's one I'll be looking at. Yeah. Quite a bit. You know, Robert Woods and it. Yeah. Really, I. I don't think I'd. I mean. I don't think I'll have him next year. Honestly, I hate. To, I know a lot of people are gonna hear this. I say is, that, but oh, that stupid motherfucker! He thinks Gurley's worthless. I just don't think I'm gonna have a whole lot of belief in him to take him where you'd have to take him next year. Yeah, I mean, um, what we've seen to end this season, he's not my first pick. No, he's not my first pick. Especially now that you got. I mean, I was thinking earlier when I was uh, Mahomes was on the TV. I thought to myself, man, I. I I gotta get Mahomes. I gotta get him. I mean, I won't be getting him either, because you'll have to take him so early. I won't. I won't take a quarterback that early. Yeah. And I have taken a QB before several times, and it's. I mean, I believe one of them I won the championship that year. So, but of course, that was not just due to the good QB picking. It was just you throw. It's a gamble. You know, it's a gamble. You can get a great QB or good QB, but after that, it's, and the reality is. Yeah. As important as the draft is, the draft does not win you a championship. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. You've got to play waivers. You've got to be making moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to be adapting, which is something we yeah. didn't get in our Super Bowl night. No, there was none of that adapted. We adapted better in our own individual fantasy football Super Bowl in terms of who did we get here. I mean, uh, from the Patriot Patriot side of things, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Um, Tom Brady will probably still be picked up. I feel highly, you know, depending if he doesn't pull fast one and say and 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 does retire. I mean, I know that. I don't know how how early he goes, man. He didn't finish well. He didn't year. finish well, but it's that momentum of that he's still somewhat of an old, reliable, you know, maybe not a top ten pick, not a top twenty. Oh, dude, if you took him in the top twenty, you'd have to be an idiot. thirty, maybe you know, thirty or forty. I think you get a Brady. See, I won't take a quarterback until round seven, eight, nine. And especially not one like Brady. If Brady had to go that early, man, he didn't do anything this year. Half of his games, he threw one or fewer touchdowns this year. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm saying he's not a viable fantasy quarterback. Oh, Edelman's stock, you know, going back to their wide receiver. Edelman's board. stock has risen. That's going to – that's – Especially in PPR. Yeah. He's yeah. a good guy to have. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. I could see him. My – though, my dislike for him, uh, he just seems like he'd be an asshole based off what I've seen of him. <laughs> well, I don't give a shit who they are. Yeah. But fantasy-wise, when it comes to one, winning some money, winning championships, I'd pick him up. I'd pick him up and – it might happen if he's there, and I just so happen to have a back-to-back pick. You know, you're, you know, if you, yeah, you may not get first, and I have certainly been last in drafts. Oh, yes. And then when you go back-to-back, that at times is very, very, it can very be good. beneficial. Very beneficial. You may have not gotten the quote-unquote studs that are projected, but I mean, that is something I need to look up because I always go back to Saquon Barkley. I, and as long as I play fantasy football, I'm going to say that that was probably the best pick I think I've ever made. Insert that, that. that gambit of just 
you know, especially as a running back when that's going to be what your first, basically your, within your first five picks. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I just I threw the dice on, on Barkley. So, you know, I'll make no bones about it. I'm going after Saquon Barkley next year. I don't that, blame you. He will, be, he will yeah. be high up in my ring. Yes. And, you know, I can't. I'm really, I mean, I, as we get closer, as we get closer to the draft, you know, that's when the orders will get. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. What order will we take? Oh, yeah. You can make a little order right now, and that's going to be valid yeah. for a month. A month. And then so many things are going to change yeah. and happen, and that order is totally, totally skewed. It's very skewed. So, but nonetheless, it's going to be an interesting offseason. It is. You know, we're... And we'll be covering quite a few things. Yes, we still will. I mean, this is not, you know, you know, it, it would see, you know, it's the Super Bowl. It's the season finale of football. It's it's. And if y'all are like us, you're not oppressed because football is over. Yeah. Fantasy is completely over. Yeah. But now this is where the moves come into play. We There's still a lot to keep track of. Keep track of the coming. Which we'll over. keep track of for y'all. You know. Especially next year, you know, you got uh, being a Texas Tech alum, obviously, you know, what's going down in Arizona is going to yep. be a real interesting development to see just, you know. Watching I mean, old Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. What's he going to do with David Johnson? David Johnson, that's, that's a very good question, considering that, you know, I feel that he's going to bring that air raid type of mind mentality to the There's Arizona Cardinals. There's a good Cardinals. chance of it. So, I mean, I think he will you still use David, Don- David Johnson. Um, just see, I've heard he had a propensity at Tech to kind of lean towards throwing to the running running yes, back position yeah. fairly yes. often. Yeah, and he did. He and did. David Johnson has been very good at that yeah. in the past, and so he's been a hell of a pass catching back out mm-hmm. of the field, out of the backfield. Yeah, so he likely would fit into that model. He might be especially. a sneaky good RB two yeah. that you can get a little bit later, depending on how people mm-hmm. feel about him. I mean, he was. I take he him. finished all right this I'll year, but he didn't finish where people drafted him. Yeah, I'll take him. I mean, I already have a good idea who I'm aiming for. I mean, if I, you know, right now, I don't know, this won't be my official, you know, whatever. This is just me talking. But I think if I had, I got but drafted, like, my first five picks or somehow, I could land, you know, a, a Mahomes, a Saquon, maybe even a David Thompson, and... Just in that top five, oof, right there. That's a yeah. scary team already. Yeah. Scary team. There's going to be a lot of interesting ways to go at drafting your team this yeah. this, this coming year. And even the like we're going back to Le- Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. What's yeah, going what to happen with them? him? Imagine this. Imagine someone like Antonio Brown going to the Arizona Cardinals somehow. That could be very in a Cliff Kingsbury potential type of uh, air raid situation. Who do you draft? Or I mean, I'll tell you the spot I'm actually really curious about is where Brown has hinted he wants to be, and that's San Francisco. That's an interesting choice. That's a very interesting that, choice. Considering George Kittle would be very yeah. interesting at that point. Brown would be very interesting at that point. Which George Kittle. Thank you, George Kittle. You contributed <laughs> to me winning a fantasy championship. This, this is very true. This is very true. 
This is very true. Already has some pretty high value. But that would be really interesting. Jimmy G, which he's going to get his due over this year to see, hey, what he can do while not wearing a Patriots you know, uniform. And he's one of those people like me that don't take quarterbacks early. Yeah. He could be That's one of those player. guys that can be sitting there late round and you can get. Yeah. And he could very easily be a top 12 quarterback. Uh, We've all kind of forgotten about it. This is and they've got really good weapons. Yeah. They do. Put an Antonio Brown over there. But once again, it could be another David Carr situation where they're not the same after a severe injury like that. I mean, David Carr's certainly not. I mean, the dude's challenging fucking Stephen A. Smith and everybody, everybody on first take to damn UFC fights. I mean, I know he, people were like, yeah, you tell him. But I'm thinking that to me shows immaturity. That shows that you're more concerned with what the press is saying about you. You know, you don't... I think he's just trying to stay relevant. He's trying, yeah. to, trying to stay relevant, but it also goes to show that maybe I can see David Carr not being in an Oakland Raiders or Vegas, you know, Raiders uniform pretty soon. I mean, yeah, they paid him, but you know how that can be. You know, we paid... You look at um, old boy from Denver, um, Brock Osweiler. I mean, yeah. Dude was signed... He made boatloads of money. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out off the top of my head how much it was, but then he wasn't there next season, so. Yeah. These things change and fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, but it's going to be an interesting offseason, so, and we'll keep it as interesting as we can. I mean, Oh, we'll be going over a lot of different things. If y'all are as basically addicted to fantasy as we are. Yes. I mean, we're going to be breaking things down. Like I said earlier, coaching changes, mm-hmm. coordinator changes. Yep. We're going to be kind of looking into it, into the future a little bit. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to looking at and discussing Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. James Winston. Yeah, That's going to be an interesting quarterback for me to target a, next year. It is. I think yeah. he's going to be very quietly a potential top five quarterback that you can get. Probably in round ten. That's there's a lot of reasons for that, but that's a very very interesting. Very interesting. We're gonna be breaking all that kind yeah. of stuff. all that down, going over UFC fights. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be plenty of those. We've got yes. fight after fight in the next four weeks coming up, especially with the ESPN Plus pushing them like they are. I mean, you. you I figure there's going to be a lot of good cards that they're going to produce, so it's going to be uh, looking forward to that. So we can help y'all keep track of all of it and mm-hmm. keep track of it, give our opinions on it. I mean, it's and have it's, a damn good time doing. It. Heck yeah! So I don't know what about, what about you, but I'm, I got nothing really much else to say. I'm just kind of <laughs> like still a little bit shell shocked. Shell shocked, just womp it, womp. That was but a hard know, one to watch. and It was a hard one to watch. Our predictions were wrong. Oh, but yes. So were a lot of other people mm-hmm. making a lot more money than us that were, that were paid to do this. And Nobody I heard tonight got anywhere near <laughs> predicting the actual game. Oh, I wonder how those squares. I don't play squares. I wonder how that went. <laughs> They're all just based on the... Based on the scores then, themselves, it doesn't really matter. And then the Vegas odds, I can't remember what they were, but that was... Uh, Patriots were giving up two, two and a half. So they covered by a lot. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you bet on the Patriots, you cash tonight. Yeah. Well, I guess that'd be it for this one. It uh, is. We'll be coming back. Stay tuned. Yep. Let us know what you think. All right. Yeah, we'll be. I guess we'll be picking up after the aftermath of Super Bowl 53 and cover up some of the upcoming UFC fights. Who we got coming up? Oh, the good one is we've got John Jones versus how I forget what the other guy's name is. Oh boy, that's usually my go-to. There you go. But the entire card on that one looks good. Yeah. Even with Holly Holm backing out. Yeah. Still going to have a damn good card. Damn good card. Yeah, I mean... 34-35 and then just what, what they're doing on ESPN I'm excited so plenty yeah, for us that's to talk a lot about of fun to watch. and we'll do case study things where we'll examine a certain fighter in a specific fight that they may have or, you know like a, I'd like to revisit some of the old Brock Lesnar fights some of the old Ronda fights you know going back to when, you know towards the beginning yeah. you know, to see how and we'll be doing a little bit of all that yeah because between me and Terrence you know there's a lot of MMA fighters that we personally like you know uh, one fighter in particular that I'm interested in, in seeing doesn't fight with UFC, uh, Michael Page. Uh, very, very much reminds me of John Jones in terms of just his, you know, he's, he's a, you know, long fighter, long reach, and all that. Um, but he seems to be a bit more mm, likable and <laughs> down to earth and not a fuck up. <laughs> that would be nice. Not a fuck up. Got some pretty. Cool elbows that I've seen. So that's one fighter that I'd like to, 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 I guess, keep my eye on. I'll bring him up sometimes. Because I could see, I could see him, you know, depending on what happens with Bellator, but he's the kind of guy I could see down the line staring across from John Jones. Oh, yeah. So, but. And see, we'll help y'all keep up with all that. Oh, yeah. We're going to be bringing you every bit of news we can find. And we'll talk about it. We won't shy away from it. You know, especially in this day and age, so. But I suppose for James Reese, myself, and Terrence Spain, thank y'all for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed listening to us, and we'll see you next week. Adios, guys.